Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. chapter 4. I want us to stay connected here. Oh, I feel something in my heart. My God, I feel something in my spirit. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is fine. They're, they're fine. You just continue to pray. Amen. This is my house shall be called the house of prayer. Nothing more appropriate in church than prayer. The book of Numbers chapter 4. <clears throat> now, the book of Numbers, for those of you who have read through the scripture, um, you understand its title. There's a, uh, but I, I, want, I want to read in chapter 4, verse 29, and down through verse number 33. It's, it's kind of wordy, but I, I want to pace myself and I want you to follow along in your Bible or on the screen because we really need to get this. Numbers 4 and 29, for, and as for the sons of Morari, thou shalt number them after their families by the house of their fathers from 30 years old and upward even unto 50 years old shalt thou number them. Every one that entereth into the service to do the work of the tabernacle of the congregation. Very, very specific on who and how old. And this, he said, is the charge of their burden, or this is their job description. This is the charge of their burden according to all their service in the tabernacle of the congregation. Here's what they're in charge of. The boards of the tabernacle and the bars thereof and the pillars thereof, and the sockets thereof, and the pillars of the court round about, and their sockets, and their pins, and their cords, with all their instruments, and with all their service. And by name ye shall reckon the instruments of the charge of their burden. This is the service of the families of the sons of Merari, according to all their service in the tabernacle of the congregation under the hand of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest. Amen. <clears throat> a little long and winding journey there of just a few verses. But with the help of the Lord, I want to try to make sense of this and bring it to where we are today. May God bless you. Thank you for your worship and and. Uh, you can be seated. So, to share this passage and maybe 
these responsibilities in another version. I, I want to do this just for clarity's sake, okay? And so we're going to talk about their assignment, the sons of Marari. This is their assigned duty, says the writer, as they go to work at the tent of meeting to carry the frames of the dwelling, its crossbars, posts, and bases, as well as the posts of the surrounding courtyard with its bases, tent pegs, cords, and all the equipment related to their use. Assign each man, assign to each man exactly what he is to carry. This is the ministry of the Mararite clans as they work at the tent of meeting under the supervision of Ithamar, son of Aaron, the priest. Amen. My Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost. Praise God. The people of Israel, and I, I just need to build a foundation here, but we're going somewhere, all right? The people of Israel were very tribal by by nature, by, by virtue of what God is calling them to do. Jacob was the nation's founding father, and he had 12 sons, and each of these sons became the head of a tribe, and that's where we come to the 12 tribes that make up the nation of Israel. One of the tribes was the tribe of Levi, and God set apart Levi, or what we know as Levites, for a special purpose. They did things that no other tribe did. They were responsible for things that no other tribe was responsible for. According to Numbers chapter 1 and verse number 50, they were to be appointed, this is what the scripture says, over the tabernacle of the testimony and over all its furnishings and over all that belongs to it. And so the Levites had a very specific job description. And so when we think about the tabernacle of the Old Testament, it was central. It was a central feature. It was the centerpiece, if you please, and that in the most literal way. In the camp of Israel, as the children of Israel made their wilderness journey. If you remember, there would be a cloud by day, fire by night. And they were led. And so when they got to where the cloud stopped, they set up camp. This was no small group of people. This group of people would be somewhat akin to the population of the city of Indianapolis, Indiana. So this was no small feat at all. And as they journeyed, and so when they got to where they were going and the cloud stopped, then they began to set up the tabernacle, and this was in the center, and then everything else centered around that or built out from around that. And so the tabernacle, the centerpiece of every time they stopped to camp, the tabernacle was a place of worship, and it was certainly a place of sacrifice. And the, and the Levites, they were in charge. This was their responsibility to take care of the tabernacle. In Numbers 1 and 53, the Bible says, But the Levites shall pitch round about the tabernacle of testimony. Or in other words, when the Bible says they shall pitch, that means that they were to set up their tents immediately around the tabernacle. And so when they got to where they were going, they set up the tabernacle. It was the responsibility of the Levites. They camped closest to the tabernacle, and then everybody else began to camp around them. The Levites, the Kohath, would be on the south, Merari on the north, and Gershon on the west. And Moses and Aaron camped on the east of the gate of the tabernacle. 
And in this way and in this sense, not only were the Levites responsible for the tabernacle to transport it, to set it up, to tear it down, but they were also responsible for protecting it while they were in camp. The tabernacle was not just a place where sacrifice and worship happened, but it was also, the tabernacle was also the place where the presence of God dwelt. That's what we feel in this holy house today is the presence of God. Amen. Therefore, the Levites were responsible for ensuring that God had a place where he could be in the midst of his people. And so there is some symbolism here that we should not miss, that the tabernacle was in the center of the camp and God was in the part of, is a part of that tabernacle and everything else built around that. I believe that the moment that God is not at the center of our lives, whether that is individually or as a family or as a church, the moment that God is no longer at the center, we are already in trouble. Amen. The Israelites, they, they were responsible for ensuring that God has a place and his place is not way out there on the edge. His place is not outside of the camp somewhere, but his place is going to be right in the center. The Israelites lived in the desert and they were very nomadic by nature. Because they moved around, the tabernacle had to be portable. And so it had to be able to be transported as well. It had to be taken down, transported when the clouds stopped and it had to all be set up again. And this was the responsibility of the Levites. So in order to achieve such a monumental task, the tribe of Levi, and there's already 12 tribes, but now the 12, one, of those, one of those 12 tribes was Levi, but because the responsibility of the tribe of Levi was so great, the tribe of Levi, Levi had to be subdivided three more times. Amen. In order to achieve what God had called them to do. And so the tribe of Levi is divided into the Kohathites, the Gershonites, and the Merarites. And so every family, these are families. Amen. And you thought you had a bad family name. Amen. These are families. And so every family was given a particular responsibility when it came time to transport the tabernacle. In Numbers chapter 4, we can find the details of this process. The Kohathites. The Kohathites, we can read about their responsibilities in about the first 20 verses or so of this chapter. Now, the, the Kohathites, they were uh, maybe the most visible or, or the most talked about. Uh, the Kohathites, they're, they're, they're just kind of front and center of seemingly everything that's going on. Uh, from the Kohathites came the family of Aaron. And Aaron, of course, and his family were the priests. And so this was a high visibility, if you want to put it that way. This was a high visibility family. And uh, these men were set apart for special services for God. And, and these were those that were permitted to enter into the tabernacle and, and to offer sacrifices, etc. They were appointed to be in the presence of God, not just to be in the presence of God so they would feel better about themselves but they were appointed to be in the presence of God on behalf of all the rest of the people. These were very, very important people to the process. They were, they were what we may refer to today as intercessors. They were able to go into a place where others could not. They were the ones who enabled the people of God to continue to be the people of God. It was there, sacrifices were offered and sins were pushed back what an important role they played. They did so 
they, they continued to merge this relationship by dealing with the sins of their fellow men. And so in transporting the tabernacle, the Kohathites were given the responsibility for holy items. They were responsible for transporting things like the Ark of the Covenant and the altar and the lampstand and the plates and the bowls and other utensils that were used in sacrifices. All of these items and perhaps more came under their responsibility. All of these items had to be covered by the priest, but then it was the Kohathites that were responsible to carry these sacred objects across the desert until the clouds stopped and they set up camp again. Many of us can just quite obviously recognize the importance of these vessels and their service to the tabernacle. And so we can readily recognize the importance of the Kohathites in this, in this uh, overall setup. Then there were the Gershonites. And the Gershonites, they, the Bible talks about them and, and the Bible gives their description and their responsibilities. They were assigned to carry the visible parts of the tabernacle or the outward visible parts of the tabernacle. These would be things like curtains and screens and the hangings and, and all of the things that made up the outer wall of the tabernacle. Now these were beautifully crafted items. Amen. They were not just something just run of the mill. They were beautifully crafted items and these huge fabrics when the tabernacle was set up was visible all across the camp because it was the center of everything going on. It was the center of it. It was the heartbeat of it. So the Israelites could open their tent doors, so to speak, and they could look into the center of the camp, and they could look down there, and they could see the outside skins and the fabric, and they understood that what that represents. There is God. God is still in our midst. God is still here. It's an important thing. Amen. Again, what they carried it was a very important thing, and it was a very highly visible thing. Everyone around them knew the significance of what they did, and they understood the significance of what they carried. They understood the significance of their contribution to the tabernacle. And then there were the Mararites. Amen. The Bible talks about the Mararites, who were, uh, they numbered in 6,200. There were 6,200 of them in the scripture. And then uh, the Bible says that they had to be between the ages of 30 and age 50. And so there were, according to scripture, 3,200 people that would qualify, 3,200 men. And they had to be between those two ages. And so there were 3,200 men that were qualified to serve in that capacity. They had an especially difficult task because they carried very heavy loads. Much like the Gershonites, what they had to bring to the table was extremely weighty. The Mararites carried the boards and the, of the tabernacle and the bars and the pillars and the silver sockets into which the pillars fit. Therefore, the Bible says that different than the Kohathites that Moses gave to the Gershonites and to the Mararites, he gave them wagons and he gave them oxen in order to help them move the load that they were responsible for. Amen. I, when I read over these passages of Scripture, I'm just reminded of how detailed God is in every aspect of the way. Amen. All of this information about the ministry of the Levites ought to remind us that we serve a God 
of great detail. Amen. God wants his work to be done and he wants it to be done right and he wants it to be done by those that he has chosen. He wants it to be done by those that he has called. Nothing about the camp of Israel was going to be left to chance. No one was going to be scratching their head and wondering who's bringing what. Did you get the extension cord? I thought you got it. I thought you got it. Did you get that? I thought somebody else. There was nothing left to chance. Nothing left to the wit and the will of humanity. Amen. God said, this is how we're going to do it. And this is who's going to do it. And this is who's going to do what. Because caring for the tabernacle is serious work. It's a matter of life and death. The passage also reminds us that not everybody bears the same burden. Not everybody carries their burden in the same fashion. The Gershonites and the Mararites, they had the opportunity, the privilege, if you please, to carry their burdens on wagons. Amen. The various ministries of a church or an organization are all carried in different fashions. Amen. Some will have team and some will have structure that will just sort of help carry that ministry along. I'm not minimizing that at all. They have team and they have structure. The Gershonites and the Mararites had wagons for a reason. Amen. They weren't the privileged few. They were carrying a big load. They had a lot to deal with, a lot to contend with. Amen. And so sometimes a ministry of the church or a structure of the church is going to be more like a team effort. Amen. And that's going to carry that ministry along. And once the wagon, Brother Williams, is loaded, and once you get that wagon in motion, there is a momentum that is created and a momentum that is gained. And I would even say a momentum that is quite honestly sustainable by the mere fact of how it all ties together because the wheels were made to fit on the wagon and the wagon was made to be harnessed to the oxen and the oxen quite by nature were were made to pull things and just by the nature of how it all worked together once you got it going there was some momentum that was created and sustained I just want to share something with you uh, just, just to make a point I'm not boasting or complaining but for the last many many years I've had the wonderful privilege and opportunity to serve as our district service coordinator for our district conference and for our camp meeting. Now, it is a concerted effort of many different people, many different teams, and many different churches. Uh, I, I don't have the most current stats, but we do keep up with this, that at any given function, on any given night of these two functions, that at least that I have charge of, that we have uh, often as many as uh, a little over 40 churches that are represented on the platform. That means musicians and singers and, and people that contribute to the flow of that service. There are some at times, I think the, the last number I can remember, that is there were 43 churches that were represented and over 200 people in, in a function from different places that were all working together in unison. And so I have some wonderful, wonderful people uh, that, that certainly help and lift the load and and, uh, and so they organize the singers and they organize the musicians and who's going to play what song what night and believe it or not somebody knows what key we're going to do that in and, and we all know that weeks and weeks in advance uh, all of these things kicking off and, and just by the concerted effort of many 
there's all this teamwork and, and uh, leading up to district conference and leading up to camp meeting, uh, I'm telling you the emails and the text messages and the, and the day of, my wife can tell you this, that I'm on the phone, I'm on the phone right at the church time, uh, just this, adjusting that and this went wrong and this went right and, and so on and so forth and, and here we are, we have been working for months, we've been promoting it, we've been talking about it, choirs have been practicing and musicians have gotten together and now all of a sudden the calendar tells us that it's the day it's the day of and then before you know it the clock tells us that it's time and at this point 729 on the night of these events I'm like a bowl of jello I've been pulled and pushed and pressed and you just wonder Oh, Lord, let it all go. And then you know what? The first key of the first song, and that baby is in motion. Pardon. <laughs> Pardon me. Camp meeting has started. And all the work and all the labor, all of it, Brother Polk, has come to fruition. And the wagon is rolling. And I'm telling you, the only thing you can do right now is get out of the way till Friday night because it's rolling. And this one song builds off another and one sermon builds off another and you close out that night and our service starts the next morning and, and people are, are already in the overflow of last night and you, you follow what I'm saying? It's a huge load, not just for me. It's a huge load for everybody, but it's on a wagon. I mean, it's got the right people hooked to it and once you get that thing in motion, it just does what it's supposed to do and everything starts rolling and the ushers know when to come. Amen, they know where to go and the singers know when to come up and the musicians know and who's going to close the service it's all there amen it just goes and so from the first song on Wednesday night until the last song on Friday night once you get all that weight in motion there is a momentum it just goes amen I'm not suggesting that I'm off until the last song but it just rolls it just rolls Amen, it just rolls. It is said that one of the most proficient forms of moving freight is a train. Because once you get all that weight and all that cargo in motion, there is very little friction created between the rails and the wheels. Not to ignore the power that it takes to get it going or the energy it would take to stop it, but very little energy is is required once it is in motion. But however, every ministry is not designed to work in that fashion. Every ministry doesn't have a wagon. Every ministry doesn't have a cart. Every calling, every part doesn't doesn't have that, that privilege of having something you can just roll up beside it and set the load over on it. The Kohathites, they didn't have carts. And they didn't have oxen. That's what got David in trouble. It's when they put the Ark of the Covenant on a cart and then well, carrying it with an ox. Amen. That's not how you're supposed to do that. Amen. They were, they were to carry their, their burdens on their shoulders. Amen. Their burdens, the Ark of the Covenant. Amen. That was not something we're going to throw on a cart. That's not something we're just going to hook a, an oxen to it and we're going to say, all right, boys, let's move on. Amen. No, no, no. This was. This is altogether different. This is altogether different because what we're carrying today, Amen. God said we're going to put this on the shoulders of man. We're going to put this on the shoulders of mankind. 
I've, I've got a couple of helpers here today, and, and uh, I just want to illustrate this for the sake of, of just drawing a picture. You ladies, come on, if you will. Amen. And so uh, they volunteered before church. I think they were teasing. They didn't know I'd take them up on it. Amen. That's by, by the same token, don't ever volunteer to mow my yard. I'll let you do that, too. Just turn face the other way. There you go. And put one on one shoulder. I'll go all the way to the back. You just stand there, okay. And that's how it's going to be carried. Now, this is just half of an illustration, not because of them, but just because of one stick there. But, but, it, but there's some ministries. You see, they, they don't have carts to go with that. God said, I want, I want man. This is my presence. The Ark of the Covenant is going to be carried on staves. I mean, the Ark of the Covenant is going to be carried on the shoulders of, of mankind. Amen, aren't these some good-looking men? Amen, carrying, <laughs> carrying this. I mean, you just use who volunteers, you know. And, uh, and so when, when, when they are carrying the Ark of the Covenant, you see, when you, when you first pick it up, that's not much. Amen, these girls could do this for quite a while. But you see, after a while, when, when the weight is there, I get it in a comfortable spot. I don't want to hurt you, but when the weight is there, after a while, it starts gnawing. Because you see, they're not always in a controlled climate. They're not, always, they're not always walking on, on carpet. I mean, there's, there's, there's different terrain. It, it's, it's uphill. It, it's cumbersome and it's clumsy and, and, it, and it gnaws in because God said there's some things about my work and my call. You're going to feel it when you do it. I mean, you're not just going to load a wagon and say, just head, head on out, guys. We'll see you on the other side. No, you're going to feel this. There's some things that you're going to feel, and it's going to gnaw in. There's going to be obvious when you when you set it down at the end of the day. I don't know how far they walked in one stretch before they set down the ark, just hang out there. I don't know how, how long they walked. Amen. But you see, every time they, they set that down, every time they put it down, would stand up and blood would start flowing in places that it had been cut off and, and they, they could feel I've been under something, I've been under the weight of something, amen, there would be a reminder of that, calluses in time would form on their shoulders from that constant grind amen, they would be reminded of that responsibility, not just by, by what they could see, not by the redness of the flesh or not just by the calluses but when they laid down at night after getting out from under that burden for so long, when they turned over at night they could feel that it was a reminder that all day all day I've been under the burden of what God has called me to do amen thank y'all I've been under the burden of what God has called me to do this is dug into me amen sore and aching muscles would remind them of their calling Paul said some interesting things in Galatians 6 hear me now he said in Galatians 6 and 2, Paul said, bear ye one another's burden. Amen. But if you just read down a few more verses in verse 5, Paul said to the same church, same man, every man shall bear his own burden. Amen. Can I tell you that there are some burdens that you can share, but there are some burdens that you just have to bear. Amen. There are some things I could say, I could say, hey, brother, I need you to help me pray about this. I, I just need you to help me. I, I need a wagon. Would you bring your wagon alongside and help me offset this and, and help me carry the load? There are some things you can share, but then there are some things that you just gotta bear. You gotta get under it and you gotta say, Lord, I don't know if I can stand today, but God, God is saying, I'm gonna help you stand. I don't know if I 
can do this again today. But God said, I intended for this to hurt. I intended for this to dig into your flesh. I intended for you to feel that when you roll over at night. I meant for that callus to be there. I meant for those blisters to be there. I want you to feel this. I want you to feel this. Amen. We must also note that our God believes in organization and order. While I truly believe that the church is a living spiritual organism, I want you to understand something about the body of Christ and don't ever doubt that the church is an organization. And if an army isn't organized, it will never successfully fight its enemy. And if a church isn't organized, it's going to experience nothing but chaos and confusion. I'm glad I knew. I'm glad we all knew today who was going to play the piano. I'm glad we weren't just drawing straws to see who was going to play the bass. Amen. We weren't rolling some dice somewhere to see whose number come up to play the guitar or the drums or who was going to lead us in a song. The church ought to be an organized place. Amen. It ought to be organized. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord is here we want to make a place where the atmosphere where God can move in a mighty way, in a mighty way. Amen. God, God was preparing, God was preparing his people to engage enemy nations and to defeat them. It was important that the camp be orderly and the work of the tabernacle be organized. Otherwise, worship, the worship was not going to please God and the warfare would lead to nothing but defeat. We live in an age, ladies and gentlemen, not unlike the book of Judges where the Bible said every man did that which was right in his own eyes. But God's word and God's people are the absolute opposite of that. His word admonishes us to make all things according to the pattern that is I'm going to show you on the mountain. Amen. You take this template. You take it and you make everything after that. Amen. God's order is this, not my will, but thine be done. Amen. He didn't just give us the template of prayer in what we call the Lord's Prayer, but he lived that prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was sweating great drops of blood under the weight and the responsibility and the sin of all mankind when his flesh said, I don't know if I can do this. Amen. Let this cup pass from me. But somewhere inside, he had that nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done when God's work is done. God's way in obedience to God's truth it will never fail to be a blessing to God amen it will never fail to be a blessing to God I want to go back to the Morarites today and this is where I'm going to spend the rest of my time this morning it's important to understand the items that they were responsible for carrying and it's important to understand what they brought to the table. What they carried. What they carried for the most part was hidden from view. People could see the vessels. They'd known about those vessels. Those vessels had been dedicated to the Lord. My, they were gold plated and silver plated. and Oh, it was the finest of the finest. It was the best of the best because this is in the service of God. Oh, people knew about the fabric that would cover that, that tabernacle. And they knew about the tapestries and they could see all of that. They knew all about that. They knew all too well. But there were some people who had never been close enough to where the pole fit into the socket to see just how that worked. And there was just a few people here that 
3,200 people here that really understood how this all fits together. Just a small percentage, amen, of those. It was hidden from view. Amen. No one would particularly notice the frame or the structure used to hold the tabernacle in this upright position. People can walk in and they say, well, I really like the color of the paint you used on the wall. Amen. Somebody can say, oh, I see y'all Y'all went with an orange peel texture on that wall. That's, yeah, I like that. That's, that's nice. People can see all of that and they can ooh and ah. But they don't understand. Amen. Somebody may not understand that behind all that, something's holding all that up. There had to be something to put it on. There had to be something to nail it to. There had to be something to put the pain and the texture on. It all had to be there. They don't get a lot of praise. Amen. Nobody ever says, oh, that looks like two by four. Well, no, that's two by six. Well, I thought that was two by six. Well, no, nobody's talking about that because it's just the framing of all of this. However, they were as important as anything else that walked on that building site. Every Levite was given a part to play in a task in transporting the tabernacle. And to be sure, every person's item was equally as important. Someone carried the altar and somebody carried the incense and someone carried the lampstand. But we should never forget somebody in that crowd was carrying something that didn't look all that significant. A part of what the Mararites brought on the wagon were tent pegs, according to Scripture, and the cords that go with them that held the sides and the top in its place. You know, I don't, I'm just thinking, you know, human nature and, and I understand it wasn't, this is not how it worked, but I'm just thinking it in my own mind. You know, if we were just kind of trying to look for somebody to say, you know, now we got to move the tent tomorrow. And, man, we just need a show of hands. Who will carry the Ark of the Covenant? Oh, 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 oh. We got some gold vessels here. Let me be a part of that. Got to move this lampstand, some incense. We got to get this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, we kind of get you know off the going down the clipboards. Uh, we got some scaffolding. We got to move these scaffold boards. Everybody's like kind of like we were last night at the Christmas banquet when they were trying to get participation. They said, "Don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact." <laughs> look at the floor. Look at the floor. Look at the floor. Take the baby to the bathroom. Go somewhere. Get out of here. Go, 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 go. Because it's just boards. It's just rods. It's just rope. It's tent pegs. Nobody's going to swell up in their chest when they see the ark come by. Man, how'd you get the ark? You must, man, you and Aaron, you guys must be tight. You must know somebody that knows somebody. You've got to have an inside and here comes a poor guy carrying the rope, string, pegs, rods. And sometimes life in the church, and life in church ministry, it's very easy to feel overlooked and undervalued. Especially in a society where people focus on status. and It can be true in an environment that places a lot of value on high visibility ministries and positions. But can I tell you something? There is no such thing as anything that we do unto the Lord being insignificant. And I want everybody in this church to know how much I appreciate what you do for 
us as a church. Somebody's got to carry the ark. We shouldn't, I'm not trying to minimize that. Somebody has to carry the vessels, and there's a lot of responsibility that goes along with all that. But somebody needs to bring those curtains. But dear Lord, somebody needs to look and say, hey, we got anything to nail them curtains to? We got anything we're going to hang this on? We need to make sure they're here. We need to make sure they're all right. You see, the tasks, many tasks of serving are not up front rows. And perhaps what you do or what you may do in the future is not visible to people during worship service. But they are very important nonetheless. Amen. I'm going to ask our musicians to come. I just want to kind of come in here. But the Spirit of the Lord would speak to us today. I really believe specifically that we should surrender ourselves to do His will, whatever that may be. I want to be really, really, really careful. You know, we, we may really rejoice with the revival that's going on in Madagascar with thousands of people receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost and I rejoice in that. I rejoice in that. But I'm going to tell you what's going on in Madagascar is not 1% more important than what's going on in a darkened basement in a communist country where three people are gathered around a candle reading the word of God. Amen. Someone has to bear the burden of the Mararites. Amen. We have missionaries in um, security challenge nations. They're not even listed on our organizational website. You can't for their own safety and the safety of their family. We have missionaries all over the world that we cannot even talk about. Can I tell you in a human form, they get no airtime. None. They're not paraded across the stage in general conference. Nobody is singing their praises because if they do, they could lose their life. But what they're doing is no less important than what someone else is doing. And so we can't, you know, it's, it would be really easy, I think, on the part of the Mararites to think, you know, man, we're just carrying boards. I've got splinters in mine. I'm just sick of this. I'm just carrying boards. I'm just doing this. It's just insignificant. And when it's all said and done, our brothers are going to blow in here and they're going to cover it all up. Nobody's ever going to mention us again until moving day. They could fold their arms and say, you know, it's just kind of sitting around the fire by themselves, got a bad attitude, having a bad night. So I get, I bet when it comes moving time, they'll, they'll, they'll know our number then. Well, I bet they'll remember to send us a text message then. Moving day, they're going to need us. Amen. You see, if we start thinking along the lines of that, we're going to miss what God is trying to do in our midst. I want you to stand if you with me, if you will. Now. <clears throat> 
I'm not a, uh, I'm not a camper, per se. I've been camping, but I'm not a camper. But I can remember as a young boy, when we would go to camp meeting, that at the campground where we were, the adults got the cabins, <laughs> right? The adults got the cabins and the kids, we got the tent. That was fun during the day. Not so fun at night when the mosquitoes came. I can remember um, we had some family. They were big campers, and that's why we had tents. And, and so if you've ever been camping, you understand this, that the tent stakes and the cords, they get pretty important after a while. Steel wind, calm day. Oh, do whatever how you want to. Wind starts picking up. <laughs> I really hope that you got the right stakes and somebody knew what they were doing. You're going to really hope that rope is the right and somebody tied it off right. So what seems so insignificant a moment ago all of a sudden is centered on our radar because that hidden thing that that's driven in the ground. That's what we're depending on now. That's what we're counting on now. <laughs> Amen. You see, there are so many hidden hands in the overall ministry of the church. People who you know, we don't really know sometimes even what they're doing. Or you may, the general public may not exactly know all that they're doing. But if you're a part of that type ministry today, I want you to know something that God sees and He knows and He keeps accurate records. The items that the Mararites carry were as crucial to the worship of Israel as anything else. The incense, the lampstands, Brother Williams, they were, it was important. It wouldn't be there. And so God doesn't dole out meaningless tasks. In your role, you might find yourself asking, Were, would people even notice if I weren't here? Or maybe you could say, well, you, you know, my contribution won't matter. Brother Jerry, a moment ago in our service, once again promoted our, our Christmas for Christ. It would be so easy to think, well, you know, my, my contribution won't matter. It won't make any big deal, but yes, it will. Yes, it will. What I bring to the table is so little. My talent is limited. What, it, it won't matter, so I'll just keep it in my heart or in my pocket or to myself. But I challenge you to give it today. What God has given you to do is so much more important than you may ever realize. And so when you start thinking you have nothing to bring to the table, I just want you to remember the Mararites. Amen. They were pulling a wagon. It didn't seem like I had much. But I want you to know one thing. Nothing started till they got to camp. <laughs> no, nothing started till they got there. You can minimize what you do, minimize what they did. You could, you could think how cool it would be to wear that garment, how cool it would be to carry that ark. I'm going to tell you something. Nothing started until they got there because they brought structure. They brought organization 
they brought strength. Amen. Can I tell you today, many people in this church serve in capacities that are very, very visible. You know their names and you understand in part their respective roles. But I can also tell you that there are plenty who serve in the shadows. They work quietly at their desk at home when we're all in ours. Some of them are tending to administrative responsibilities of our church, making sure that everything balances and that everything is well. Some are sending out cards. Some are making phone calls. And can I tell you that some are quietly serving on their knees in prayer at a moment's notice, often, often, hear me, on behalf of people that they may or may not even know. Oh. (laughs) So today your hands may very well be hidden to those around us. But God is intimately aware of what you're doing for His glory. And we can rest in the fact that He keeps accurate records and He blesses accordingly. I'm telling you today, God wants to use us as a church. And can I tell you, He is not finished with us. Amen. He is not finished with us. Amen. I have in recent days, and I'm sorry to to belabor the issue, but in recent days... I've just visited again the marvelous inception of this church and what God started divinely. He will end divinely. Amen. Because we're going to follow Him with passion. So today, can I tell you that you may be carrying something cumbersome and you may be walking along and it may be a team effort, but I'm also going to remind you that there are some ministries It's going to gnaw into your shoulder and you're going to carry it alone. You're going to carry it alone. You alone are going to be reminded. Amen. I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to say this because I am your pastor, but if I was at a minister's conference, I would tell you this, that there's nobody, nobody, nobody that gets less sleep in a church over sleep matters than a pastor. You know why? Because God meant it to be that way. When you set that ark down at the end of the day, it's not over. Because there's a throbbing in your shoulder. There's a hurting in your heart. Amen. There's a concern. Yesterday, our dear brother Everett Bird, pastor and our daughter work in Madison, sent me a text late yesterday afternoon that one of the very founding members of their church was found dead in his home. I know what that man's been through since yesterday afternoon. I know what he's been through. That staff has been on my shoulder. I know what he's thinking right now. I know what he's feeling right now. He's reliving every Bible study. Reliving every moment that he sat there in that man's living room and talked. Reliving every conversation. That's how God designed it. That's how God made it. Amen. I'm not trying to preach past the moment, but I feel God is settling something in our heart here today. Amen. I just want us to, let's let's worship the Lord here a moment. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Don't dismiss yourself, please. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you can use anything, Lord.
This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.